Hello and welcome to the Fitness Fixative Podcast with me, your host, John Clark. I'm joined on the line today by personal trainer, Martin Malone. Hello, Martin. Hi, John. How are you? Yeah, good, mate. How are you doing? How are you coping with lockdown, first of all? Oh, it's nothing too bad. Um, it's a bit of a change of pace kind of thing, going from one-to-one to looking more at online. But I think it's nice in a way because kind of, I don't know about you, but all that stuff you always said, like, oh, if I had, if I had a spare day, I'd do that. Or, oh, do you know what? I need to sit down. I need to look at this. I've just been able to do everything like that. So it's given me a chance to kind of look back, think about how my training was, think about how I was training people, what I could work on. And I've just been improving that. What about you? Yeah, exactly the same, mate. I've, I've said it before in previous podcasts. I don't want to, like, repeat myself. But, yeah, I've been using it to... Spend time with family and, like you said, do the things you've been putting off because um, you've got the time now. If you don't ever do it now, you never will, will you? Oh, definitely. I think I think if you're sitting there and you've always wanted to get in shape, I think this is the time to do it. Do you know, kind of, if you, if you, even if you've spent the last eight weeks sitting on the te- sitting on the couch, watching telly, binging everything, even now you've still probably got another eight weeks left before everyone's properly raring to go. So it's the perfect time to just get started, get them good habits in, read the books that get your mindset right, and then just go for it. And listen to great podcasts like this to get your mindset right, of course. Definitely. Definitely. Um, So do you want to give everyone just a quick um, background or introduction about yourself, Martin, just so everyone knows who you are, and then we'll get into the questions that everyone has sent in? Yeah, sure. Well... I think my fitness journey started must be 10 years ago now. Um, it started probably a little bit before that. The first, I'd say I've always been a bit of a chubby kid. And then as I went to university, um, that chubbiness took on another another stage once I learned about kebabs and cider and every, I mean, all the late night pizzas you could have at uni and the weight just piled on. And then kind of when I finished uni, Started work and I noticed that my gut kind of hanged over the pants, suit pants a little bit. So I thought, oh, do you know what? I'm going to try and get in shape. Did a few fad diets, some didn't work, some just were too hard to stick to, and some I could do, but I found whatever happened, it always went back on. And then it was after one particular holiday, um, I'd lost about a stone in the week, in about two weeks before it, and then I'd come back about two stone heavier, and I thought, oh, do you know what? There's got to be a better way to do this. There's got to be a better way than starving yourself and binging. And that's funny enough when I came to you for the first time. And um, I come through your yeah, doors. So yeah, you, Martin was one of my clients. Obviously now Martin is a personal trainer himself and works at my uh, gym, G42 Studios. But initially, yeah, you were a client. Yeah, and to be, to be honest with you, it was the first time I'd ever learned really about resistance and weight training and I just fell in love with it. And it went from it went from a passion to something that I thought, you know what? I want this to be my career, I want this to be my life. I want to give this kind of feeling opportunity to the people like I've been given. And I haven't looked back since then. With your support and getting me off the um, ground to begin with, it's just flown. Yep. So the lesson there for everyone is invest in a personal trainer and you don't know where it will lead. Yeah, might be one yourself. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Right, Martin. So we both put up on our Instagram uh, some like ask a question or poll, whatever it's called. 
and we asked people to send in any questions that they had. Uh, now, you know, you've sent me some you got, and I've sent you the ones I got. So we've had a quick look over them, see how many we can get through. There's probably going to be too many to get through all of them, but we'll do our best. So the first question, and it's probably a topic you've been asked by your clients before, I know I have, is should I take branch chain amino acids or BCAAs? Um, do you want to start off or do you want me to? Um, well, I'll give mine on it first. I've took them in the past myself. Um, I think they are a good way to get you into drinking water if you're not particularly fond of drinking water you need a little bit of flavour. I think it's a, a positive way there. But actually, nutrition-wise, um, health-wise, and for the price of them, I just don't think they're particularly worth it. They're not going to give you any extra boost. Um, I think as long as you're eating enough meat, as long as you're getting enough protein in, then you really don't need them. Yeah, no, I, I agree. Um, they're not necessary, definitely. But there is a couple of times where they can be useful. So especially if you're a vegan or somebody who doesn't eat a lot of meat and protein sources, then they can be a good idea. Or if you're somebody who likes to train fasted, and then they're not going to be able to get the protein, obviously, because of fasting, then having some BCAs could be useful then. And um, obviously, they come in all different ratios. So look at ones you get in. Um, leucine, that's the most important one out of them. I always tell people um, if they don't have BCAs and they're going to train fasted or be on a vegan diet, then do try and supplement with at least leucine. There's definitely no harm in taking them. So if you, if you want them because you like them, it's not going to have any negative effect, but are they needed? Like you said, if you're on a high protein diet, probably not. But, you know, I, I've had them in the past. Don't use them now. Um, sometimes if I take them, I've had ones that have got like caffeine in and I use them to get that kick as well. So I'm having them because they're mixed with other ingredients are potentially okay. Um, yeah, and I think there has been a few studies. Um, if I remember right, there was one where they gave a group, um, I think it was five or six grams of BCAs, and they did get 22% greater increase in muscle synthesis. That was when they had the BCAs post-workout. So there, there are some studies that say they are beneficial, but it's no different than if you had a, a protein shake post-workout. If you're having a protein shake, then you probably don't need to have the BCAs as well. Yeah, I'd go along with that. The only one I would say, though, is... Um, you have to be careful if you're vegan taking BCAs. You have to make sure you get the vegan ones because a lot of people don't know that quite a lot of BCAs are just from crushed up bird feathers. <laughs> yeah, it was mad that when I, when I heard that I had to check that. But yeah, you're right. Yeah, the cheap ones anyway. Yeah. Yeah, if you get some cheap ones, it's just bird feathers crushed up. Make your own. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um. Okay. Have you got a question then? You wanna fire one over next? Yeah, I think this one's quite good because it links in a little bit to what you were saying then about the fasted. So this question I got in is, is it okay to work out on an empty stomach or should you eat first? And I'll let you take the um, lead on this. Well, um, funny enough, one of the questions I've got down, looking down the list was people said to me, because at the time I put this up, I'd also put on my Instagram um, that I was fasting. And they said, why are you fasting? So the real answer with that is I was just doing this to test my willpower. Could I do it? You know, could I last 24 hours and then I upped it 
and went for 35 hours and then I was contemplating doing it for 48 hours. I wasn't really doing it for any of these supposed benefits of fasting, like you know, improved insulin sensitivity or anything like that. It was more a test of willpower to see could I physically um, stick to it. And I did. Um, it wasn't something I planned to do all the time. Um, definitely not day to day. I wouldn't switch my training to intermittent fasting or anything like that. But I think it's a good tool, the fasting, if you if you've overindulged one day and then the next day you want to put yourself in a bit of a calorie deficit it can be handy but to answer your original question um of course yeah you can train fasted but i always use the word optimal is it optimal no but can you still do it yes and then going back to that yeah if you were going to do um fasted training i would recommend that you have some bcaa's then that's a one of the times where I would say use them. Well, no, I I agree. I think I think you have to look at it from two points of view, don't you? I think it all depends on the workout that you're doing. So if you're doing it just to purely burn calories, then it probably doesn't matter either way. You know, if you do your if you want to go for a walk or a run or a bike ride and you do it on an empty stomach, that's not going to have too much of an effect. But if you're going into the gym to train your muscles and you want to get the best return possibly, uh, possible rather, then you are going to need to make sure that you're going in with that energy. And the only way you're going to get the proper energy is to eat. Yeah, and also there was a study, <laughs> going on about studies all the time here, but I literally only just read. Become a scientist. Yesterday. <laughs> no, Lane Norton put it up yesterday, Dr. Lane Norton, and he was saying how... Um, you you best to actually have five meals a day with your protein in. Yeah, well that's kind the best of, way to spread out. Did you see synthesize it? it, isn't it? That's a I've heard it before exactly. where it's the best way to get the protein out. So if you're looking to build muscle, if you're looking to keep your lean muscle, that's the best way to do it. it it's well, it doesn't matter if you're going for fat loss. You don't yeah. need to get no, you, but you, you want to spread your meals out. Yeah, yeah, well, what it is is you can only absorb. Um, I think it's. 30 grams, 30 to 40 grams of protein in one sitting. So if you had one meal with all, all your protein in for that day, you're still only going to absorb 30 to 40 grams of it. Oh, so, yeah. As we, so if muscle building is your goal, spread them out is better. But again, it's, it swings and roundabouts. There are times like Ramadan and things like this where people are forced to train fasted. So it's still important to get in train and don't worry about that but if you were trying to be absolutely optimal and your goal was building muscle it's better to try and have regular meals throughout the day um yeah and it, it has a huge difference i was wondering with ramadan though i i keep thinking at the moment i know we're going off topic here but i just wonder with ramadan and maybe some of your listeners who've done it it'll be able to like answer an email in or something like that i just wonder was this ramadan a lot easier than it normally is, you know, because we're in that lockdown. People can just change their times, can't they? You know, so you could you could effectively say, Do you know what, I'm gonna kinda go more nocturnal. I'm gonna go later. I saw a lot of people who were doing the workouts on my stories at like 12, 1 a.m. And I thought, Do you know what? In regular life we wouldn't be able to do that. But in lockdown there's that thing where you can kind of shift things back. You could you could start saying, Do you know what, during this, I'm just gonna get up at twelve. 
But I think it'd be interesting yeah. to find out from people. Maybe you can get someone on. Yeah, I could ask uh, Osama or someone like that. Who, yeah. And I was, he, he was having to do it. Um, yeah, just to finish what we were saying there but about fasting and training, um, like you said, if you're doing cardio, that's the old kind of bodybuilding, old school mentality of, yeah, they get up and they do fasted cardio in the morning because they think it's going to be better for fat loss. Um, so you don't have to, again, do it fasted for fat loss. You can do cardio anytime. But if you were if you were trying to do a bodybuilding show or a physique show, there is a very slight advantage to doing your cardio fasted. But again, you're splitting hairs. It doesn't really matter. Here's one for you with the fasting though. Because I recently did one at the weekend. And again, it was it was half like you just to see whether I could do it in a 48-hour fast. But as well, my, my gut had been playing up for a couple of days and I'd read online if you do a 48-hour fast, like the first 24 hours it gets all the food and everything out of your system and then the next 24 hours it kind of resets itself and heals itself. So I thought, oh, I'll probably need that. But I found... Are you talking about uh, autophagy? Yeah, but, but what I was going to say is I found while I was doing the fast that it wasn't as hard as I thought it was. And it was kind of... A little bit addictive, I'd say. I don't know about you, but while I got it, I got a little bit of a buzz that was lasting so long, and I, I could see it being something which you'd really have to control if you tried to do. Uh, well, I was really hungry in the morning. I was really hungry before bed, but at certain points, yeah, I did get that kind of satisfaction as I was, as I was lasting on it because my missus, she was trying to do it at the same time, and and she cracked. So you get that kind of superior satisfaction of like I can do this, I can out I can out willpower you. So you yeah. kinda kinda get oh, that kind of buzz from it. But it does become a struggle when she was sat eating a pizza in front of me and <laughs> coming up to bedtime, you're gonna think I'm gonna wake up in the night here with hunger pains. But I just told myself, look, there's people who are forced, like in Africa and stuff yeah. like that, who this is they're not doing it by choice that and they, they suffer a lot worse than I am and just to suck it up really. Yeah, I think it's a good way to like reset your mind, definitely as well. I think it's a good way to kind of because you get that little win straight away. Most people stop eating about nine o'clock at night, and then if you wake, if you are, if you do it on a Friday night, you wake up the next day at ten. All of a sudden, you've done a thirteen-hour fast without trying, and you think, do you know what? I can get into this, and I think I think it'd be quite a good way for some people who are stuck in a little bit of a rut. Focus on that first. Do a twenty-four hour fast, and then get started on. Um, a healthy lifestyle afterwards as if using it as a little kickstart yeah if you use it as a kickstart you could say to yourself well if I can go 24 hours without food having only three meals today then that, that should seem a piece of piss really exactly with that autophagy I think you were t- touching on before I think that only occurs after like 72 hours um, and basically if people don't know what that is that's just like it's meant to be this thing where you get cell repair and regeneration and stuff in the body and things like that. But I've heard that's only beneficial as well if you're really morbidly obese, um, like fasting like that, because it just gives time for your body to break through all that stored energy that it's got in there. Yeah. As I say, I just wanted to clear mine out. Mine was just getting it cleared yeah. out. <laughs> okay, let's move on anyway. Uh, I think we've covered that one enough. Oh, God, yeah. So... Yeah, the next one uh, I have down here is how can I build a bigger chest? Train your chest. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, 
first thing <laughs> I would ask them is, what is your best body part? So if you've got really good arms or you've got really good legs, whatever you're doing for them, copy it and replicate it for your chest. Because if you, you need to give your lagging body part as much attention as you give your best body part, people tend to skip certain stuff. It's their weakness and only concentrate on the strengths, don't they? Um, I used to do it with legs and it would always be like, hmm, if I'm not going to fit all my workouts in this week, I'll skip legs. And instead, that's the one I should have been prioritizing and go, no, we're going to do two leg days this week, things like that. Yeah, that's, I think uh, that's you and everyone else in the country. <laughs> not anymore, you know me, mate. I, I, lo I love legs now. No, I'm, I'm saying when you, everyone thinks, you know what, if I'm going to miss one, that's the one I'll miss. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, another good tip is you've got to approach it from all the angles. Flat bench press probably isn't enough. If you're maybe doing a push-pull leg split, maybe instead add another day in where it's purely just chest and make sure you're doing it incline, decline, flat, cables, dips, bodyweight exercises, things like that, rather than just maybe having one exercise in there that's directly for chest. Go more maybe like a bodybuilding route, use some machines if your gym has them, things like that. What about you? What are your thoughts? I'd, I'd say the first thing you definitely have to do is train it more often. So a lot of people get into the habit of doing like a chest day, a shoulder day, a legs day, a back day. And I think that's, that is beneficial when you're strong enough that you can really push it. But if you're just starting out, you'll probably get fatigued quicker than actually you're building the muscle. You know, ripping the microfibers to build the muscle. So you'll probably heal a bit quicker. So getting it in two, three times a week adding in a little bit extra to some of the workouts and really help build it up. Um, it depends as well what you're hitting as well. Um, I've found that lately I've been doing like lives on Instagram and I've always had good definition in the chest, but it has been getting so much more defined because an easy one to do on a live workout was press up. So I've probably been doing a hundred press ups a day extra on top of the workouts and just doing it every single day. It was really tightening it up, really defining it. So I'd say that'd be another one, just hitting it more. Yeah, I was doing push-up challenges with um, some of my clients and friends just to see, especially at the start of lockdown, how many push-ups you could get out in one go. And we got we did a push-up and a plank challenge, and we got pretty high, to be fair. And, and you forget how hard it is. You think, you know, I can bang out 30, no problem. But when it starts getting up to 40, 50, 60... 70 it becomes a real big challenge to do it without without breaking oh do you know what i found was the killer on a timer so like 30 seconds of push-ups isn't too much of a, a big deal when you're training constantly but when you get to that like fourth set you can do about three and <laughs> you've got a break <laughs> oh yeah a quick one as well i should probably add in just sorry to interrupt there before i forget obviously the most important thing is making sure you retract your shoulder blades um, and puff your chest out because so many people they just work the front deltoid heads don't they you've probably seen this bad posture yeah and then then they start to become internally rotated because they're not sticking their chest out and pulling the shoulder blades back as the bench pressing and getting that mind muscle connection yeah so i'd say that's massive it's really squeezing your pecs together really okay. imagine trying to drive all the blood into them and then the time under tension as well so lowering down slowly 
the the eccentric part of the exercise because a lot of people forget about the eccentric that they only concentrate on exploding it up and they forget about they should be lowering this down they just let the weight drop and bounce off the chest almost yeah the, the perfect bit is just say a finger above your chest isn't it if you can get it to stop just before you touch your chest then you know that you're in complete control of it and it, and it is a yeah. skill getting it to there especially when you start to get to a weight that you struggle but yeah, with the shoulder blades, um, I was trying to tell my clients and I try and imagine myself, just imagine you've got a, um, a pencil in between your shoulder blades and you're trying to trap it there, kind of yeah. push it back. Uh, that's, that's the way I'd say to people, just make sure you've got a pencil in between your shoulder blades that you're trying to keep there while you're doing it. Yeah, the key with good coaching that I've found with people is giving them a good visualisation that they can relate to and all of a sudden go, oh yeah, now I get it. Just you need to find sometimes to find the right one, the right word or phrase to help them picture what they should be doing. Then all of a sudden, they can get it. Oh yeah, definitely. All right, let's um keep this moving. What's your next one? Let's see. Oh, is it true that if you have too much of a calorie deficit, you won't lose weight? Oh, so you are on about basically saying, will you go into starvation mode? Yeah. Um. Well. As everything is yes and no. Um, so what, what I always refer everyone to with that is, I believe, again, going to more studies and research off the top of my head, this isn't great, but I think it's called the Minnesota study. Um, and basically, people who didn't want to go and fight in wartime, they use them uh, as like guinea pigs, basically, and they just starve them. And gave them hardly anything to eat at all. Like these people, they, they looked like they were from a concentration camp at the end and they were on next to no calories and they just kept losing weight and losing weight and losing weight. So they didn't all of a sudden their body go, oh, we're not getting any calories, better hold on to this fat. Because that, that's what I used to hear that, oh, if you don't get enough food, your body's going to hold on to all your fat and keep all your muscle. Look at, look at people in Africa and places like that in poverty. The people are skinny because they're not getting enough calories and enough food. Um, I think you'd have to be at a real extreme point that nobody in the UK anyway is going to really reach um, where you weren't getting enough calories that you were going to be in kind of starvation mode. No, I, I agree. I would say you've got to look at it like it's a bit like by saying you've ate so little that you've got fat, it's a bit like saying... I kept borrowing so much money from the bank that I got in so much debt that they made me a millionaire. Yeah. Like, it, it's, 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 it's that ridiculous kind of thing, that idea of someone saying it. But I think it's there because even though it's a completely ridiculous thing, it is a very easy excuse for something that people don't want to do. They don't want to eat less food because, let's be honest, if you have to be in a calorie deficit then you have been eating too much. And you've been eating too much because you like your food. If you like your food, you do not want to eat less. So when someone comes along and goes, do you know if you eat too little, you will actually put on fat. Those people are going, this, that, that's what's happened here. That's what happened. I ate too little and that's why I'm fat. Because it's an easy get out. It's an easy get out and it stops them from doing the thing they don't want to do. Yeah, I think... What actually starvation mode is, what people don't realize when they say starvation mode is, that's like your, your brain kicking in to try and force you to eat as well. So um, 
in going back to that Minnesota study, I'm pretty sure like the people were like eating out the bins and doing all crazy things or any chance doing really erratic behavior that you wouldn't really do because your body is fighting you to to eat something yeah and it's doing everything it can to conserve energy so i, I even know when you're doing like a prep for like a fitness show or something like that your body starts to slow everything down it's like a genuine thing where you even blink less and all these things kick in because it's your body fighting to conserve energy and to drive you to eat so i think that's what people mistake starvation mode in when they say when they say starvation mode they don't really understand what it is it's more like you you know animal kind of survival mode kicking in and, and your brain saying if we don't eat we'll die kind of thing yeah and i think you've hit the nail on the head there where you were talking about it being like um where your brain's come back it's a little bit like you know when your phone goes down to um about 20 percent and it comes up with that note saying do you want to go into low power mode it's a, for me it's a bit like that where you click yes the phone itself, it doesn't really seem to change at all, does it? You can do everything on it, but it stops running all those things in the background that you don't see. And that's kind of what your body does as well, where it kind of goes, okay, we want to slow things down, so we're going to make you feel a bit less energetic. We're going to make you stop walking around. We're going to make you stop blinking as much. We're going to make all the kind of things just go kind of a minimal. But... I think the people who track the steps, who keep up with everything, they can kind of switch that off a little bit because they can track the steps and go, do you know what? No, I do 10,000 steps. I'm going to do 10,000 steps. And that will keep them out of that kind of low power mode, which people get confused with, starvation mode. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree with you. And I think um, another thing that confuses people is, and it, it is true to an extent, if you eat low calorie for a really long time so like if someone thinks right i want to lose weight i'm just going to have like an apple a day and they eat just an apple a day trying to lose weight their metabolism will actually start to slow down um so they won't burn calories like they used to because they're not get they're not getting in all those calories uh, if you do add in high calorie days every now and again i think actually research is shown if you have you need up to like a, a three-day um, refeed that will boost your metabolism but if you've just stuck on really low calories for a long time your metabolism will slow down and start to shut down well my, my question there would be how much does your metabolism slow down and how much does it boost because i think sometimes people use that as a little bit of an excuse as well and i only look at this from like my point of view and stuff like that it's not really scientific with it but I think sometimes when people say they're just going on, oh, just going to eat an apple a day, they binge pretty hard when they crack. And just for an example, when I did my fast, I treated myself and said, you know what, I'm going to get a big bag of peanuts M&Ms. And then I ate the full bag and then I looked at the calories afterwards. How many calories do you think were in the bag of peanuts M&Ms? A big bag. Well, as we all know, Nuts and peanut butters and stuff are very calorie dense, and then M and M's with the chocolate and sugar. And anyway, probably I don't know how big is a big bag, like a bag that you go to the cinema, um, that kind of size. The the share a bag, the share a bag, share a bag. I'm gonna say two and a half thousand. It was twelve hundred, but still, yeah. That I, I went big then. So <laughs> it's gonna be really shocking. But but twelve hundred. And that was, I reckon I ate them in five minutes watching telly. 
just sitting there not thinking, eating it. And you know, if you have a binge day where you're like, do you know what? I, I'm, I've had an apple a day for three days, so I've saved six thousand calories. Do you know what? I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat what I want today. You could get a Domino's, a large Domino's. That's gonna a large Domino's with sides and a Ben and Jerry's ice cream. That's gonna come out about six thousand calories. Then you get a couple of snacks in as well because you've been good for three days. That's that large bag of peanut M&Ms, a big bag of crisps, which is, or popcorn, which is probably another 500 calories. Then on top of that, you're probably going to have a few other snacks that's going to add up. And you're probably going to be at 8,000 or not more, which is actually over four days. Your three days of just eating an apple and your binge day. That is going to be more calories than if you would have just stuck to a decent 2,000 calorie diet for the days. So you're actually going to put on weight that way. Yeah, this is why I always say to people, don't deprive yourself of the stuff you want too much. If if I say to a client, you know, you can't have pizza, they might try and avoid pizza all week. They might even get two weeks. And then they, as soon as they get a text from Domino's or their phone or they sit on TV, they'll crack and have a full Domino's. Or if I say, all right, well, you can have a oven pizza one day a week if you track it, or you can have a slice of pizza here and there, or you can have... um little bits of treats throughout your diet then you're less likely to go and have one of those big binges where you have a uh, full dominoes with all the sides included yeah the, the one i love at the moment is in aldi they do these pizzas and they're like thin italian ones and it's something like i think the one i get's the barbecue chicken one and it's i think it's just under 600 calories for the full pizza which it's a big hit but it's probably just a little bit over a normal meal so you knock a little bit back that and the tub of halo top ice cream you're laughing on a Saturday yep much better choice be be treat wise that's a, a key message isn't it so I know when I was trying to still get chocolate in but obviously didn't want to have all the calories to go with it curly whirlies and crunchies I think they were quite low calorie I was picking those yeah they're good Milky Way bars are good um, that one's good the Cadbury's 30% less sugar I personally think it's just thirty percent less bar. But. Oh yeah, it is <laughs> definitely. I had it. I was disappointed. I said, "This is just a smaller bar." That's all. This is just thinner. But it's all right. I... Right. Anyway, I think I don't want to give too much um, attention to just one question. I want to try and get through some more if we can. Um, was that your question then? Yeah, that was my one. Have you yeah, got yeah. one more? Yeah. So uh, another question I've got here, and it's kind of stuff we've already been discussing again. Um, it all intertwines, isn't it? Is is a high carb diet better or a low carb diet better? Um, and kind of if you get the vibe, what we've been saying, it doesn't really matter. It's what best suits you. It's all about being in a calorie deficit. I'm presuming their goal is fat loss. When I say that, um, you can do keto diets. Like when I was dieting for my shows the first few times, I did keto. Did um, high fat diets work very well for me, but then at the moment I'm doing a very high carb diet. I have clients who do very high carb diets and they lose weight because the key element is we've actually controlled their calories there. So uh, anything you want to add in before I go off on one? No, I agree. I think I I have to say personally, like me, if someone was to say low carb or high carb, it's always going to be high carb every day of the week. And that's just because they are the best foods. Do you know, it's your bagels, your pastas, your potatoes, your rice. 
it's the bit which makes a meal nice. I know everyone says they love meat and stuff like that, and I, I'm one of the biggest meat eaters about, but meat by itself is boring. Fats by themselves, like cheese and that, and yogurt, it's pretty boring. You add some carbs in, add some oats, just makes it nicer. Um, so I would, there's a lot of things at the moment about high-fat diets and how they're better and more beneficial, but they're not. It's just a calorie deficit wrapped up a different way. For me, I would tr- my thing would be find out what protein you need, get your minimum amount of fats in so that you know you've got it ticked off, and then the rest of your food, make sure you're in your calories, or eat what you like, and make sure don't deny yourself the carbs because they are the best food group by a mile. <laughs> I don't know, you know, the steak and eggs, that's pretty delicious. Um, yeah, well, how, much, how much nicer is steak and eggs if it's steak and eggs on a bagel? Ten times yeah, nicer. I would, Ten times nicer. Maybe po- poached egg on a bagel. I don't know if I'd like... Not, bagels, I could take take it or leave it. Oh, I love them. I've got the um, bagel fins in. I, I, I go through about two or three packs a week. It's madness. Yeah, but I, I would say if you're somebody who overeats on things like toast, crisps, things that are quite high carby, maybe you do better on a low carb diet because that's more likely that you're gonna go in you know overindulge on those so i would i would say i think though even if your diet and your high carb diet is going to be a very low carb diet compared to what you're used to and i would say if you took someone who was really like loved his carbs and then you put them on a high fat diet you'd get them to a point where they're not enjoying the food and then they would just fall off the bandwagon and go and have the carbs as well so you're, you're best getting it in. And they don't take up as many calories as you think. As long as you don't go for like that high processed stuff. You know, if you're sticking to your white potato, your sweet potato, your oats, you're measuring it out. You can get a fair bit of decent carbs in while still staying under that budget. But I would definitely yeah, that, say... That's the problem, isn't it? When people say high carb, they think that means donuts. And that means yeah. you know, all, all those kind of things. But it's like, no. But I think if you, no, no. If you put someone who likes their carbs on a low carb diet where they're mainly on fats, it's going to make them binge more. It's going to make them go, oh, do you know what? At the end of the night, do you know what? I can't cope with this. I want some carbs. And that's when they'll reach for the donuts, the crisp and all the, well, the rubbish. Well, I used to be a carbophobe, definitely, and was a big advocate of you know keto being the best way. And obviously, I don't, I know keto isn't the best, but... I used to think you felt more full on it. That's the problem. I would have porridge and things for breakfast um, or toast, things like that. And come lunchtime, I'd be absolutely starving where I felt like the fat diets, I felt full for you, longer. So you're probably getting a bit more much. protein in the fat diets though, aren't you? I know you'll, you'll have high protein on both, but you know, when you, fats and proteins go together quite well in a lot of things, don't you? Like eggs and yogurts and things like that. Um, so probably from that sense, it's probably the protein as well that's filling you up. So it, yep. it's like going to like toast, you know, you, you can burn through it quite quick. Uh, it would never just be toast. I always have things like, it would have probably been like peanut butter on toast or whatever. But I'd say take home messages, try both, see what works for you because there's more than one way to skin a cat. Just find one that works with you. You have to experiment with these things, whether it's fasting, whether it's high carb, whether it's low carb. Something, something might sick, just suddenly, it? yeah, yeah, exactly. And don't be afraid. Don't don't become like a zealot and don't get 
totally obsessed with there is only one way and it's low carb or there's only one way it's vegan there's only one way and it's high carb there's only one way it's intermittent fasting all of these approaches can work and have their place that's the message and that's something i've definitely learned over the years there's there's more than one right way no definitely um okay um was that your question or that was your one do you want me to bring okay, one up so, yeah yeah here's, here's one you get one or two more questions in you'll like this one I think this will be one which a lot of people wonder about, and it is, can I still drink alcohol and lose weight? And again, <laughs> of course, the answer is yes, you can. I've had clients where we deliberately work in a glass of wine for them because that's what they want, and it's not a problem. But if you over-consume alcohol, then like if you over-consume anything, if it's avocado, it will lead to weight gain so i would say include it if you need it but ask yourself is it really a good choice like i just don't have it at all really now because i just think this is not a good source of fuel for my body like if i'd rather eat chocolate or something and it'd be doing something more for my body alcohol is just kind of like a poison and i'm not like a teenager anymore I, i'm not bothered about getting drunk i don't want wine with my meal once or twice a year does me have a good time on it um it's not something i would recommend because it it can lower your inhibitions you know you people go out get hammered have alcohol they're more likely then to get a takeaway afterwards they're more likely to wake up with a hangover the next day then they won't go to the gym because they feel rough and it's kind of got this knock-on effect so yeah you can have it and each to their own you know everyone's entitled to the vice but personally i would try and avoid it if you want if you're wanting to be like in top physical condition yeah no i uh well i think i'm a bit more of a drinker than you um i'm still not a huge huge one but i I will say most weekends i'll have a drink you know you you have it at the match don't you You yeah most most home games and then definitely the away games you know i don't think you can get on a coach down to ball without a drink you know, seven hours there, seven hours back. It's an absolute killer. So you need something to pass the time, make it go a bit quicker. But I think you've hit the nail on the head there. I think it's quite easy getting people to understand that that alcohol is a food. Do you know, you do get calories from it and you do have to track it. I think that part most people get and most people understand and most people can stick with. What most people kind of, they're down for with it though, is that they they overlook the fact that the next day you're going to be demotivated. The next day, as you're saying, you're not going to want to go to the gym. The next day, you're just going to want to eat rubbish. The next day, you are not going to be bothered about whether you hit your calorie deficit or not. You just want to feel normal again. Because when we don't feel right, everything else goes out the window. We just want to go back to feeling good again. So it's if the pizza and the chocolate and the sweets and the sugar and the salt is going to make you feel better, then you're going to take it because you just want to feel better in that moment. It's kind of the human nature, kind of what you were talking about before with starvation mode. And um, I think it's having that mindset going in, going, do you know what? I am going to go, I am going to go out tonight and I am going to have a few drinks. Do you know what? I'm going to go out tonight and I'm going to have a good time. I am going to stick to low calorie al- alcohol, like, single vodka diet cokes gin and slimline which is the big one at the moment so it's everywhere so you can get it there's no excuse 
rather than having a pint where it's like free of They're what they call skinny bitches, aren't they? Skinny bitches. And, yeah, it's vodka and uh, no, that, soda and lime. Vodka and soda and lime. Gin, gin's yeah. just a, a standard drink now. <laughs> Yeah, but um, it's yeah, it's like what we said with the curly whirlies and the um Milky Ways. Like we said, be treat wise. It's kind of like be drink wise. If you are going to drink, choose the drinks which are lower in calories. So there is not very many calories in some alcoholic drinks if you have them with like diet sodas or um uh, soda water and things like that. Well, I remember but, I had a client and he said in the con. In fact, it was in the email he sent over. Um, you you saw it as well where it, it basically said in the email I drink five pints a night and I'm not going to change it <laughs> and I was thinking what what am I in for here and then he was like there is nothing you can do I go to the pub at the, at the end of each shift with my mates and I have five pints and I said to him do you know for five pints um, you could have three vodkas and he was like and yeah, he's like, yeah. So rather than you going out and having five pints with your mates, you could go out and have, for that, you could have 15 vodka, so you could get as drunk as you want, not really have to count it as much and still know that you're under your calories for them five pints you have. And he, stopped, he switched that day. And do you know what? I think he's, he came, he started about two, three weeks before lockdown. And just from that kind of one, we've been backwards and forwards, tweaking his diet and stuff like that, but his diet was quite strong and it was just the alcohol. He's lost about a stone and a half just from swapping from pints to um, gin and slimline, I think he has. Yeah, that's great, mate. That's like, that's what I tell people all the time. People try and change absolutely everything. And instead I say, look at what you're doing daily. What small change can you add in, but over a long term will make a massive impact? So I always say like, oh, are you having like a Frappuccino drink from Starbucks on the way to work? Can we change that to a black coffee or something? That's only one little change they're making in their diet to begin with at all. But over the course of the year, that will save them so many calories and that will that will be something, if they can keep that in their life, that will you know, as a whole lifestyle change that will make such a massive impact. It's the small hanging fruits, just small yeah. little daily wins that they can do well, one rather of the, than trying to go. One of the big ones which always jumps out to me with stuff like that and your client, Aaron, he, oh, yeah, he, yeah, he yeah. made like a little a little change and yeah, that was it. And, and it had, I know you did other things, you started training, you started eating better, but his big oh, one yeah. was swapping the fizzy drinks, wasn't it? Yeah, well, he said, again, I'm not, similar to this guy, he said, I'm not cutting out fizzy drinks and I was like okay we'll, we'll, we'll just switch you from coke to coke zero and it worked <laughs> so that's it simple not that I'm saying again at all that you should drink coke but if you don't like drinking water and there's no way you're going to do it if you can choose the diet alternative and your goal is fat loss not health that is the best choice no, definitely yeah what I'd say with alcohol just going back to it, just rounding back onto it. The big one with it is that you have to have the mindset that you are going to suck it up the next day. You you go into it with, I am going to have my fun now and I'm going to take my punishment later. And if you go with that mindset, you don't break the next day. 
if you, if you get it in your mind, I'm going to feel rough tomorrow, um, I'm going to drink water, I'm going to try and feel good, but I am just going to get back on with my diet. They're the people that succeed more. They're the people that it really, they can drink alcohol and lose weight. If, you, if you're throwing the towel just because you've got a hangover, then you can't drink alcohol and lose weight. That'd be mine. Yeah. I, I think the problem as well, uh, just to say that, is how we were saying choose the, the diet coke options with your your vodkas and all this kind of stuff is i don't know if clients have said it to you but they said it to me obviously oh well diet coke's bad for you isn't it that's that's really bad i shouldn't be drinking that it's more it's surely better for me to drink the full fat or full sugar should say version and i'm like mm, well you'll probably get much more health benefits from losing this weight than if you keep drinking the full fat coke and don't swap it because you're worried about you know aspartamine and things like that i love that though like you shouldn't drink diet coke because it's really bad for you but they're fine drinking normal coke <laughs> yeah i know yeah they just come up with ways to justify it because it's, they don't actually want to give it up do they no it's like you know people who go to mackies and stuff like that like i i like a mackies now and again i like a kfc now and again but when i go to it i know that it's not healthy but you, you get people who try and spin things as like, you know, oh, you should really watch what you're doing with that while they're walking down a KFC every day. What happens is those type of people, they go to McDonald's every day in the lunch and they get a Diet Coke. Still... To balance it out. Obviously, yeah, well, not only that, and then they still, they still think they're being healthy because they're having a Diet Coke. And they'll go, oh, those Diet Cokes have made me fat. Diet Coke does make you fat. It doesn't matter, it's got zero calories. I add them me lunch every day and i put weight on it and it's like no it's the chips and the burgers you were getting with it that made you gain the weight it wasn't the diet coke <laughs> um, tell, you, just, tell you what is a good one um, have you you know you dream of super size me yeah on amazon prime yeah on amazon prime they've done he's done a super size me too and it's all about him making his own fast food restaurant because fast food restaurants now are pretending to be healthy so he tries to make a really unhealthy fast food restaurant that he advertises as being healthy and his only thing about it being healthy is basically like well i'm the guy that told you that all the other fast food was unhealthy so just trust me when i say mine's healthy and he does stuff like a grilled fried chicken sandwich and people are like oh is this really he's like yeah yeah we paint the um Paint the grill marks on and everything. It's 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 lovely. <laughs> I'll have to check it out. What's it called? Super, Super size me too. <laughs> <laughs> Original. I like it. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I think uh, again, yeah, we've covered that topic. That we'll we'll leave that there. We could go on about this kind of stuff all day. But on a side note, there, that's something that actually that has really shocked me and just showed you how bad people's addiction to fast food is. Is obviously McDonald's being open and some of the Starbucks and KFC's been open and the queues backing up for absolutely miles, aren't they? It's ridiculous. Uh, do, you know, do you know what, though? I think we are going to go into the next five years, I think is going to be a real big one when you talk about fast food. Like, you know, all the queues you see and stuff like that. But I think the biggest one is your phone. Like, I like as I said before, I like McDonald's, I like a KFC now and again. But I would say... I, I've, before all this lockdown, I always used to be so tempted to order one each night when I was sitting there bored because you can get it to your door. And I think 
I think in five years' time, we are going to see huge obesity levels in Britain because you don't have to go and get it yourself. You get it brought to your door. You can get a McDonald's, a KFC, a Burger King, a Subway brought to your door. And you don't even have to have the shame of bringing it into your own house anymore. Kind of, you know, where if you thought, oh, do you know what? I'm at McDonald's, but I won't get too much because I've got to look this person in the eye. And then I've got to drive home with it. And then I might see my neighbours and coming out and we might see this big bag of Mackies. Now, it's just the doorbell's ringing, just handed it. So you've got that shame's gone. The actual thing of going to get it's gone. Like you can, it it costs you, but you can have chocolate bars and crisps brought to your door now within 20 minutes. Yeah, yeah. It's crazy. (laughs) But also what people forget is you can get really nice, healthy delivery food or healthier delivery food to your door like i use some of those meal prep companies that will do sweet potato fries a decent burger and it actually looks like you know how mcdonald's look on the picture and then you get it and it's this squished up horrible little thing but it's the actual burger is actually it's it's speed with them that's that's what makes it so attractive like i look on delivery now and again if we're in and I'm like, do you know what? Call me all the cooking. I just want to order something. I'll look at all these nice restaurants. You can order a steak and chips. You can order all these nice healthy foods. And then I'll look and it'll say an hour's wait. And then the McDonald's one would say 10. And they go, do you know what? I'm pressing that 10 minute button. And and that's where they get you because you're hungry then. You don't want you your food. You need the delayed gratification, mate. Delayed gratification. You're choosing again. I know, but that's, that's where I, I think the UK is going to come unstuck soon. Because in a couple of years, this weight is slowly going to creep on. At the moment, I would say, even though it's been around about six months, it's still a bit of a novelty getting a Mackey's to your door. In two years' time, it will just be the norm. It will just be the norm that McDonald's and baking KFC you can get brought to your door. You won't even think about it, and the weight will just pile on this country. Well, hopefully that will keep us in business then. <laughs> that happens, but, <laughs> but that's the only plus side. I just do not get it, honestly. When I was like 16 and you're a kid, I can I can let it go where the novelty of having McDonald's and everything, I, I was there. But when you're an adult, I just don't... People who have them regularly, I just think, what's all this about? You you know, you, you see it get prepared in, in front of you. It's crap quality meat. Like you say it's made in seconds. How, how good can it be? It's got to be cooked in all hydrolyzed oil. I just avoid it at all costs. Domino, it's, KFC. It's, it's the speed. I've literally probably had in the past 10 years out of all three of those, two. It's the because speed. I just that's, avoid it. That's where everyone, that's why they're so popular. It's the speed of them. McDonald's is the fastest by far. That's why it's the most popular. You can go. It's funny, it's like what you said you as well, by the way, when you, yeah, about going to the drive through. I always think, like, even when my missus was pregnant, she used to, she was obsessed with having mcdonald's just the coke from there because she had a thing she has a thing where it has to be like flatter kind of coke she doesn't like coke out of a can she likes it with the ice and the water and she'd be like take me to the drive-thru and i'm like if somebody sees me in the drive-thru for mcdonald's it's gonna look so <laughs> bang on a, a personal trainer in the drive-thru for mcdonald's i don't so mind I it, what you're saying as well about the shame but, but, yeah, but, but you're, you're like more the... about that aren't you 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 try and have the alcohol and do all that kind of approach where yeah. i try and um, Stay with all those kind of things. Definitely. Uh, any any more that you you want to squeeze in quickly before we wrap this up? I'd say I've got one last coming on to an hour. 
Yeah, I've, I'd say I've got one last one here, which I think is key. Because, do you know what? I get asked this question all the time and it drives me nuts. And I think you all have the same opinion as me. So I get asked all the time, um, is it better to record your workouts on your phone or your Fitbit or MyFitnessPal? So when you're doing your workout, is it better to record it on your phone or an app, on your Fitbit or MyFitnessPal to find out how many calories you've burnt? Well, unless you're doing cardio, my actual answer would be, I don't bother recording the calories because it's just not accurate in the slightest. So unless you're going on a walk or something and I want to see the distance and kind of see the calories there, but I take it with a pinch of salt because it's just not accurate. Um, so I, w- I would say don't worry about recording your calories at all, personally. Perfect. That's exactly what I would say as well. I say just keep them separate. But you get so many people who get obsessed with it. And then it kind of has a negative effect on them because they think, do you know what, I've burned 500 calories then, when really it's been up by the app to make it sound more impressive, to give them that instant gratification. And then they go and eat like a 500 calorie chocolate bar and end up in a surplus. Oh no, it's ridiculous, mate. Like you can, I remember I was on a cross trainer with me watch on um, at home and the cross trainer at home said I'd burnt 1,000 calories. The watch said I'd burnt something like 300 calories then i went to the the gym and used the cross trainer there set my watch and that said i've done 800 and again the watch said i've done like 400 and again go on like four different machines get four different you know depending on the brand of machine for your cross trainer or whatever and you get four different completely readings it's just it's just stupid it's all just guesswork it's all just a, a ballpark figure yeah, People and they all obsess over it, can't they? They all up it on each other too, so that you use their product. Because if, if a Fitbit says that you've been five hundred calories and your phone says that you've been two hundred, you're gonna be like, Well, I'll trust the Fitbit. <laughs> that says, like, that again, says I did with better. anything. No, so I'd say you know, choose the opposite, go with the lowest reading always. No, like, I know people enter food in my fitness pal. There might be some that says, Oh, a Mars bar's only 100 calories and they'll go oh well I'll, I'll add that one to my food plan go with the one that says it's the most and then you know you you can't go wrong no i know that's what you should do but 90 percent of people will go with the other one because it makes them feel better and people want that instant yeah, gratification right. but i i'm the same as you i say the best thing to do is not 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 recorded at all just instead just focus on keeping them separate have your training exercise and have your calorie deficit just focus on your calorie deficit for losing weight and you should train to get fitter and stronger. When I first got my Fitbit, I did absolutely love it and kind of become obsessed with it. And now I've got the Apple Watch and I've had them both for a while now and I just don't bother recording anything. The only thing I look at is how many steps I do. It's the That's best way. Like, I, I record my steps now just on my phone. I've had a Fitbit before, yeah. I've had an Apple Watch. And, um, well, if people go out, their argument is I had this a, a client and she had the lowest steps they'd ever seen on anybody. Like, it was ridiculous. And I said, so I don't want to, you know, make you feel bad, but that is so low. And her argument was because, well, I never carry my phone around in my pocket or anything. So getting her to wear a watch, then it was gave us a more of a real, re- realistic reading of how many steps she was doing. No, it's good for that. But for me, because I've always got my phone on me, I don't keep track on like a Fitbit or an Apple Watch anymore and it's just for the simple fact of I tell myself every day I'm at 15,000 steps a day I aim for now but I tell myself they've got to be on my phone because then for the simple fact 
the worst thing that can happen is if I don't have a phone on me, I've walked more. Like, there's nothing negative that's going to happen because I've had to walk an extra thousand steps because it didn't track them that day. Um, Martin, before we uh, wrap this up, um, do you want to go over and tell everyone where they can find you on social media, Instagram, website, any of that you want to plug? Now's your chance. Oh, go for it. Um, I would say my main one, if you want to follow me, be on Instagram, and it's just at PT Malone. Um, that's my main one there. And you can also check me out on my website, uh, ptmalone.com. Well, thanks for coming on, Martin. Um, I think we probably <laughs> went in, uh, into too much detail almost on some of the questions. Um, we probably could have got through more. Um, maybe we'll get you on again. I've got a few questions here we didn't get through. I'm sure you've probably got some questions that we didn't get through. So um, in a few weeks' time, maybe we can jump on again, do another Q&A. How's that sound? Yeah, no, it sounds good to me, mate. And I'll probably see you back in the gym in maybe, what, three, four, five months? <laughs> yeah, so if you're um, wanting to book in with personal trainer and you're Northwest based, you can contact us through G42 Studios Instagram, which is at G42 Studios Liverpool. If you wanted to train with either myself or Martin in person, uh, just drop us a message. Yeah, but that one gets really busy. So the best thing to do is follow me at PT Malone and just message me and say that you want to come to the studio. That's the best. Right? <laughs> That's a, yeah, definitely okay. <laughs> All right, on that bombshell. <laughs> Okay, we'll leave it there. Thanks, Martin. Oh, that's all right. See you around, John.